0: Sending them out, Turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. For those who are taking notes, my goal is to give you, give you the scriptures up front so you know where we're going to follow along. So let me give those to you now, if you don't mind. But Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 40, 44 through 49. That's our major text that we'll be ministering from this morning. And then as we go on, we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. Write that down. Also, we'll look at Acts. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. The subject this morning, if there was a subject, we have to give our the message a a subject that we're going to talk about is the Great Commission. Say Great Commission. Or we can thank you, or we can say it this way how to witness effectively. How do we witness effectively? You know, where we, everywhere we go, there's opportunity, I believe, that you and I have that we can be a witness. But how do we witness effectively? And I submit to you this morning that let's take a look at the Holy Spirit's role. Let's take a look at his role in the Great Commission because he does play an important role in the Great Commission. And so as we think about that, we're going to discuss just a few aspects, a few aspects of, of concerning Jesus and the call that he has given to each and every one of us to go and preach the gospel. Do you know that there's a call in your life? There is. There's a call on your life. We call it the Great Commission. But there's a call to go, to go ye. The song that we just sung, the last song, oh, it ministers to me so much. Because, you know, the Lord tells us to step out on the water. Man, we just step out. We trust him. He'll fill our mouths. What we have to do is is just trust him enough to open up our mouths and say, Lord, you fill it wherever we go. I love it. Like when you go to Walmart, I tell you this all the time, Walmart, Target, where are some places you already went? Did y'all stand stand in some of those lines? Long? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, uh, I mean long lines into where, you know, you're getting some deals. Hey, that's wonderful. Well, I can go in so many directions right now, but I'm not. Okay, hallelujah. So all I'm saying is this. What a wonderful opportunity that people you meet, wherever you go, you have a great opportunity to share the gospel. But how do I do it? I mean, really, how do we do it? How do we become effective? Because for many of us, for many of us, it's like, man, I, you know, I'm not really comfortable. Come on. Someone say, I'm not really comfortable, Pastor. I'm not really good at it. Or you can say, I've never done it before. And, you know, and that's fair. But the truth is, and what do we do? And I thank God that we can rely upon the Holy Spirit to help us to do it to equip us, to give us that power, you know, to go out and do it. So let's look at a few aspects. When you look at Luke's gospel, that's where I asked you to turn, Luke's gospel, chapter 24. Let's share a few things about that before we go on. Luke's gospel, if you will, there's a few aspects that I'm sharing with you about sharing the gospel, and really what he talks about, especially in the area that we're, we're going to be sharing with you, is this, the real meaning of the gospel message. What is the real meaning of the gospel message? Secondly, waiting. How important is waiting, waiting on the Lord? How important is it waiting on his instruction? How important was it for the early church to wait on the power of God? So important. And then lastly, thirdly, the power, say power the power that will come to those who wait. And so let's go on. To witness effectively, I believe that we must understand the real meaning of the gospel. Now, if you look at Luke 24 through 45, and I'm going to turn there as well, the reason why I want us to look at this, but I know that's we're going to get to those verses. But if you see and follow along with me, what's so amazing about this is because it's when Jesus has risen. He is risen. And when he's risen, what happens simply this is now he begins to to share or he begins to introduce himself, if you will, or to become reacquainted with the disciples. And on the walk or the road to Emmaus, they didn't even know who he was. There were two that were walking along. And right after, it was the third day, right after, he's risen. And they're walking and they're they're talking, having this conversation. Man, can you believe what happened? I mean, wow, the Christ, the one called the Messiah, he died. They beat him. He died on the cross. Was he really the Messiah? Was he really the one to come? And they're walking along having this conversation. And then here comes Jesus. Just talk to them on the road. Come on, to Emmaus. And he's just like, fellas, what are you talking about? And their eyes were closed. They didn't even know it was him. And he's just inquiring, what happened? Tell me more. What took place? And then he began to share about, listen, I believe he was listening to their heart because they were sharing like, wow, was he the one? Could he have been? Is all hope lost? What are we going to do now? And he began to share those things with them. And then as he goes on, and then all of a sudden, you begin to see here as we we continue to look, and then the disciples, their eyes are open. And you find that in verse 28. Their eyes were open because he began to share with them about who he was. You see, this is what has to happen when we're dealing with people and Jesus wants to walk into our lives. But the people that we're working with, we have to understand, we have to begin to share Jesus with them so that their eyes will be open so that they can not only see, but also their ears open so they can hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. as long as their eyes are open to the, listen, they're open, they'll see. But if they're closed, they'll not be able to see, spiritually see. They're blinded. And so what happened, like to this truth, they were blinded to the, so much to the truth, they, re, they were thinking like, wow, was he the one that was supposed to come or was he just talking? Really didn't know. But when Jesus revealed himself to them, they knew. But then, here's what I like about it, he began to share some things with them. So let's look at verse 44. First, verse 44 through 45, let's look at this briefly. He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then he went on to say, and he opened, did you see that there? And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now their eyes are open. Now they can comprehend and understand who he is. Oh, family of God, we need to be praying for our lost loved ones. We need to be praying for our friends, that their eyes will be open so that they can comprehend the scriptures, so that they can comprehend the truth. You see, that's what it comes down to. The real meaning and the purpose of getting the word out, you have to understand they're blinded. The God of this world has blinded their eyes to the truth. They cannot see the truth. How many of you, let me ask you, how many of you and you're witnessing the people sharing the gospel and there are some over, it seems like over and over again, you're sharing truth with them, but they look at you like, I don't understand a word you're saying. Yeah. And you say, why is that? And the reason being is that their eyes are closed, spiritually, not able to see. And that's, listen, not able to understand. And so what we pray, what we need to pray is, Father, we pray that their eyes, their spiritual eyes would be open so that they can see the scriptures so that, listen, so that their ears would be open so they can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we put the enemy on the run. And we, so that we keep them at bay, When I mean by at bay, that means away and afar the from them so that there's an opportunity for the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, come on, to pierce the darkness in their lives. And when we do that, you begin to understand and praying for people, now they begin to say, oh man, I got it. Let me tell you this, even going to church, how many have gone to church your whole life? You would say, Man, you've been in church. You grew up, so you know what I'm talking about. Now, now now, honestly speaking, when you were as you were younger, going to church, I mean, all of a sudden it's like, I know for me, I went to church, I grew up in church. And I think about it, I go like, Yeah, you sure did. You know, what I mean, you just think about that, right? And the scriptures, even reading the Bible, do you know there are some things I'm like, I do not understand. And you can read, but there's some things where I I okay. I can read that, I know what that says, but what's the meaning of it? There's a difference. See, we can't read it like it's a regular book. And so what happens is people read it like to try to get head knowledge, but there's no true spiritual meaning. And so that's what was happening to me. Maybe that happened to you. So all of a sudden then when you, when you were introduced to Jesus, come on, somebody, when you were properly introduced to Jesus, guess what? Your spiritual eyes were open now, and then that which you have read before began now to take on meaning. You begin to understand exactly what the scriptures were saying. This is what happened to these men. This is what began to happen to the disciples. Their eyes are open. But I love the message that Jesus is presenting to them. And let me share this with you, too. The key in sharing the gospel, people say, what is the key? Is there a certain key? Is there a certain formula? Is there certain things that we need to do and and, and do it this way, like this step and that step and that step? Well, you know, we have, thank God we have the Romans road, right? That's wonderful. And we memorize those scriptures, and that's great. But I tell you what, what we need to lean on today and who we need to lean on today is we need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to us because everybody's different. I said, everybody's different. In other words, I may meet Holly, you know, going somewhere, going to the store, and the Spirit of God will lead me to, to minister to her. She doesn't know God. She doesn't know the Lord, and it may have, he may have me say this thing to her, you see. All right? But then I may see Julian, and I'm walking, and we're doing something else, and then the Lord Spirit of God will lead me to go talk to him but it may it's not going to be the, it's not always the same. We have to learn to be sensitive and listen to the Holy Spirit because everybody is going through different things and different times in their lives. And but we have the true foundation of the word of God, don't we? Yes. We have the word, we have the gospel. We have the truth. We know who Jesus Christ is and we know we know that he is crucified. We know that listen, he's risen. And we know that he wants to come live in their hearts. So we've got the message. But Lord, give us the wisdom. Give us the insight. You know what that person is looking for. Give us the direction, what to say. Be led by the Spirit of God. Be led. You know, because for some people, you may say this one thing, and here's what happens a lot of times. I think it's almost like a false sense of security because people say, have, they seem like they have, I have great success with this. Man, I went out, and it was wonderful. Man, and they, and they, they gave their hearts to the Lord, and that was great. And, and, and many people came to the Lord. And then they'll go out another day and say, I don't know what happened because i shared the same message i did the same thing how come nobody respond i don't know but if we listen to the spirit of god the holy spirit and let him lead and guide us then maybe perhaps he could have had us do something different see so so the sensitivity of getting the word out and listening being sensitive is so important i remember this and i shared this many times and i'll share it again and as i'm as i'm doing that turn to first corinthians chapter two i want you to to turn there with me please i remember after my junior year wondering what am i going to do with my life in college and i'm thinking like wow you know do i want to be this successful businessman do i want to you know travel the world i mean you know come on you go to school you think like what am i going to do i'm getting this education i even going to use it you know all this other spend all this money all this stuff right you're thinking and then uh and i remember that having grown up in church and, all, and and just doing my own thing, just doing my own thing, became a part of a church. Notice I said a part of the church, different, you see, joining the church than, listen, having a relationship with Jesus. And so that's where I was at. But, oh, man, some guys on the campus, fire, on fire for God. Man, they would say, they would call me, you know, they'd call me Mo. And, and Brother Mo, or whatever, you know, any th- whatever they just call me, different things, and Muncie and played football and all his nicknames. And they said, man, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. And, of course, you know, I kind of like you know how you just shrug something off, like, ah, you know. And then I remember one day because I, I was just like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one day they said, hey, man, we're praying for you. And I said, well, go ahead and pray for me. I need prayer. Woo, open that door up. As I look back now, they're probably just waiting. All right, so as soon as I said, yes, go ahead and pray, just kind of like, yeah, go ahead and pray. I need prayer. Man, I could tell that things began to change in my life. Here I was on campus trying to be Mr. Popularity and stuff and playing football and and the student government treasurer, DJ on the radio station, and then the music I was playing. This is so interesting. For me, it was because I began to look back, like, what happened? Because God began to work in my life. You see, it wasn't an overnight thing, but because I gave them permission What happens is they begin to pray for me, and the things that I was, even as a DJ, the music I was playing began to change. And it began to change. It's like, well, you know, it was really, let me just say it was really, okay? That's all I'm going to say. And then we changed. And then, I, I mean, changed so much dramatically that over time, even, you know, I mean, I didn't get all the way over to easy listening music. I'm just saying that that it changed over time. And here I am playing all this, you know, music. Everybody's like, yeah, man, I've been getting down. I've been partying. And then next thing you know, the music is changing, and I'm playing, playing jazz and all this. So everything starts to mellow out. And then next thing you know, I have this desire to play gospel. And so what has happened is, you see, that seed was planted in me a long time ago. I went to church. But what happened was I wouldn't allow that seed to germinate. I didn't allow that seed to really do what it it was intended to do in my life. I kept running away, say running away. So this is why you never know who you come in contact with. You may be coming in contact with someone who's running hard away from God that God is dealing with, that God has a, his hand on their life, he's called them to the ministry, he may deal with them differently. Look at how he dealt with the disciples. Look how Jesus called them, but then look how he, how he dealt with, with Paul. I mean, come on, it's different. So it's not just like a cookie cutter. We have to learn how to listen and to, to obey the Spirit of God. Say, obey the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I know you're there. Let's begin reading, if you don't mind. us, a few scriptures. It says this in verse 9. Verse 9, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And you know what? People stop right there. And we say, wait a minute, don't stop. I mean, have you ever sat in a meeting before and people are, are, are reading this? You know what I'm talking about? You go, okay, okay, they got it. They got it. And all of a sudden they stop. Hold on. And they say, then, they, then what happens, it begins, this, it begins to get this understanding that, yeah, eyes have not seen or near ears heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love them. So in other words, we're saying, okay, then God has not done these things and revealed these things, but that's not true. Because if you read on, see, you read on and it says this, but, glory to God, but God has, glory to God, revealed to them, Listen, to us, reveal them to us through what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit whom is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Glory to God. Then it goes on and says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So what's the message then? What's the message that we're talking about? What is the message of the scriptures that jesus is trying to get across to the disciples and he's ministering to them and i will tell you that in his opening that we read here in luke and we read the, the passages we see that he was talking about even fulfilling scripture from old testament and even bringing it up to present but the message that he's sharing with them about the prophets have said about him coming so let's go then look at verse 46 we looked at 40, 44 and 45 let's look, go back to luke luke 24 And it says this in verse 46, the gospel of Luke. What what was the purpose? What was Jesus trying to get across to the disciples? And we see here in verse 46 of Luke 24, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer. Now he's explaining to them why he had to come. The purpose of his existence, even if you will, he says, It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. What a message. It's right here, very clear. And you know what? The message has not changed. It's still the same. And what he's saying right here, That repentance, remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You know what I think a lot of times when when we hear the the scripture that that, the Lord has commanded us to go and to preach the gospel, we think like, okay, we've got to go across the world. And if God calls you to go across the world, then go across the world. But I tell you, right outside these four walls, there's a world. People we work with, there's a world. People we come in contact with every day, there's a world. That is our world. Our world is which, in which we live in today. So it's like what happens sometimes. I think it goes right over our head, and we're not thinking like, hey, listen, you have been called. Every one of us, we've been called through the work of the ministry. We may not be you know you know in mexico you may you may not be in different places you know china you may not be in you know different places all over the world but you know what right in our own backyard is our world is our world and it goes right over our heads right over our heads it's almost as if we, we can't see the forest for the trees think about it When there's people who are hurting, there are those who are struggling, there are those who are going through so much turmoil in their lives, but here it's as if we're looking for the world when they're standing right in front of us. Lord, help us to see. And this is the message that Jesus is sharing with them, the disciples. And he did say, yes, I'll suffer. He said that in the Scriptures. I will suffer, but I'll be, listen, I will die, but I will be raised from the dead on the third day. He shared that with them. But not only that, but he came to preach and to teach, and for us as well, the message of repentance, the message of repentance. Not only that, forgiveness of sins. Do you know there's people today, the reason why they have not come and step one foot in the church, because first of all, they don't think that God would love them. They don't think God would forgive them. They feel like whatever they've done, it's just forget it. There's no way, there's no hope for me. Why even go to God? Why even pray? I mean, my life is so messed up. Are you kidding me? Why would God want to do anything for me in my life? Not understanding that he loves them. Not understanding that he sent his son to die for them on the cross. Not understanding that there's forgiveness that has been extended to them. Why do they not understand these things? Because their spiritual eyes are still closed. And it's our responsibility to take the message, the good news, to pray with them so that their spiritual eyes will be open so they can see the scriptures. That's our responsibility as believers. That's part of the Great Commission Or we can say how we should evangelize or how we can go out and minister and reach the world. What is the message of salvation? Here it is, plain and simple. Who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Don't make it hard. It shouldn't be complicated. The message of the gospel is simply this. Who is Jesus? Well, we know. And what did he do? Jesus is the son of God. What did he do? He died for you on the cross. Very simple. What did he do? Not only that, but he said he would take away our sins. He would forgive us freely. It didn't cost us anything. It cost him everything. Our heavenly father, his son. Freely. But Jesus was raised, and listen to this, and this is the message we have to share with people, is that Jesus was raised to life to give them eternal life. That's the purpose. He was raised to life to give those who their lives, they're they're lost, they're so far away from God, but he came to bring them eternal life. And so we have to share the message. But there's conditions. What's the condition of salvation? Here it is. Here's a condition. You say, what is the condition? What do I have to be? Because some people say, "Man, I can't, keep all, I can't keep all those laws or I can't keep those commandments. What am I supposed to do? But here it is, plain and simple. We must come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. That's it. Ask him to forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. And he said that he would. Am I right about that? We complicate it. We make it so hard. Because I know for me, that I've, I've heard myself say, maybe you know other people, maybe you said, well, I'll come to the Lord when I can get, I'm not ready yet. I've still got to work out some things in my life. I still a few things I need to get right, as if we could get them right. <laughs> you know, think about it. I mean, the moment you talk, it's amazing when you have conversations with people, when you begin to share with them, you know, just about their future, about, you know, where you're going to spend eternity. And then you begin to talk to them and have some real discussion. With real people about real decisions. Then what happens is they begin to really think with you, and then what you hear, as I said before, it's like, well, the bottom line is like, yeah, that was great, but but you know, they sound like King Agrippa. They said he said, Paul, you almost convinced me. You almost persuaded me. And they said, But I'm not ready. So what do we do? Give up on them? No. We keep praying. We keep praying, we keep believing, we keep standing for them. Say standing. Now, understand this, because the significance, and go to to Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. I want you to begin to see the importance of what's happening here in Peter and John's life. Because when you begin to see that they took exactly to heart what the Lord had commanded them, or had spoken to them to do. And so, if you're there in Acts chapter 4, and verse 12, just hold your place there. And let me just visit with you just briefly. Because what we see here is that Peter and John, you have to understand, went to the temple to pray. And when they went to the temple to pray, and there was a man who was crippled, and he prayed. they prayed for them, but before they prayed for them, he had this discussion, because he was begging for alms. And, he, and Peter said, listen, you know, look on us. You know, silver and gold, we have none, but such as we have. He said, as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, when that happened, all of a sudden, oh, man, news spread throughout the city. And next thing you know, they were questioned. They came before the council. And what name are you doing this? Who has given you the authority to do this? And they began to question them as if they were being tried. And there was a jury. And they wanted them to recant. They wanted them to back down. They wanted them to denounce Jesus. But they weren't having any of it. And then Peter began to share. And I love this in verse 12. Right before the council, it says here, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. And when I think about that, and we talk about repentance, you know, the Greek word simply for repentance means this. It's a couple of different things. And that first of all is this, feeling of of, of a guilt for our actions. But then secondly, all it simply means is making a total reversal. In In other words, turn around. Just turn around. In other words, the way you're going, if you'll just turn around, Come on, do a 180, repent, come to God. What simply happens is he begins to change your lives. He begins to touch our lives. It's as simple as that. We make it harder than what it is. Total reversal. Say reversal. So then here's my question as I begin to close. Let me ask you this. Then why is it so difficult for some of us Christians to witness? Why is it so difficult? What I just shared with you this morning was very simple, wasn't it? To let them know what we should be sharing. That the message, the true meaning of the gospel message is who Jesus is. Right? And what he came to do. Very simple. But why is it then that some of us believers, I'm not talking about the world now, I'm talking about believers. Maybe, maybe because we're consumed with our maybe with our own things that we're going through in our own lives. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's fear. But if that's the case, then we need then to call upon God to fill us with the Holy Ghost, with the power of God, just like in the book of Acts. When the power of God came upon them, they became bold witnesses. Prior to that, what were they doing? They were hiding because of persecution. Is it because of persecution for some? Is it because of what other people will say? I don't know. But I know this that Romans 1:16 clearly tells us for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek everyone who believes so simple so if asked then why should I witness If someone asks you and they are inter- interviewing you are you a Christian yes. Do you think it's important to witness? What would we say? And if you said yes, they say, well, tell me more. Why is that? You know, I mean, just ask us questions. These are things that we should be able to answer. Am I right about that? And so all I know is this. Let me say this, and we'll close. Because when we truly understand the Great Commission, I think maybe for some we hear the word command or the commission, and we stop there. But there's more to sharing the gospel. That is the command. That is the great commission that we've been called to do. But when you begin to understand and look at the trial of Christ, when he was beaten, when he was battered, when he was bruised, when we began to look at the cross and how he hung on the cross, then we begin to understand the true meaning of the gospel message. And it's not just go ye into all the world and share the gospel. It's not just a command, but also there's a meaning behind the command of sharing truth, say truth think about this understanding the suffering and the pain that Jesus went through we get that truth in us, wow, we share that truth what was the motivation of Christ what was his purpose in coming we share that, I will say this it's about who he is it's about his nature listen, and it's about his love that's what you share that's all you share so, with that in mind, if we'll focus on that, I simply believe this: if we'll focus on who He is, His nature, and His love, it's not going to be so hard to share the truth, the gospel, to others who are in need. Are you with me? So, this holiday season that's coming up, man, it's a wonderful time. And can I tell you why it's so wonderful? For many, their hearts are tender. For many, they're reflecting. They're looking over their lives. And they're going, wow, here it is, end of the year. What have I done with my life? What have I made out of my life? Great opportunity. I encourage you. Allow God to begin to use you and step out as we sunk. Step out into the waters. When he says go, go. But step out into the waters. And here's understanding. If he says wait, then you wait. But learn to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's speaking to us all the time and there's people he puts in our path all the time and sometimes let me say this it may not be through our words but it also may be through our actions very simple very simple the other day at work this young man had to probably be 18, 19 years old very simple and we're standing at the counter in the cafeteria and the register closed you're supposed to pay when it's closed you're supposed to pay with your debit card or your credit card he had cash simple cash and he's like how am I going to pay for this because he's got chips in one hand and his belly is talking to him I need to eat these chips but I can't pay for it because all I have is cash and so he has this look on his face and he's looking around like what am I going to do what do I do I didn't know him I said hey man what are you doing I'm going to get ready to go up and pay for my stuff he says man I want to buy these chips you know what I'm talking about and uh, he says, but I, all I have is cash. I said, man, let me take care of those chips for you. I'd love to. And he said, really? I said, yeah. What was it? I don't know, 60-something cents? I don't know, not much, 90-something cents. Pack of chips. But the impression that you leave on people's hearts for doing something so simple. So if it's not just with your words, definitely with your actions. Throughout the rest of the year, let's focus on the true meaning of the gospel. And not just focus on the commandment part, because it is a command. Go ye in all the world, but the meaning is who he is, what he's done, and his love for everyone. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory, the honor. We give you all the praise. There's none like it unto you in all the earth. We've simply come this morning just to share the truth of your word the